and stand by for pre-show announcement. Pre-show announcement in three, two. Good evening, distinguished guests, and welcome to this evening's performance. The show will begin shortly, but first, a few quick reminders. Concessions are permitted and encouraged, but please take a moment to crack any cans or remove any crinkly wrappers so as not to disrupt your immersion in the show. Please take a moment to silence your cell phone and any other noise-making devices, unless the noise the device is making is the broadcast of tonight's production, since that would defeat the purpose. At this time, we ask you to look around and locate your nearest exit. If at any time you should feel unwell or uncomfortable during tonight's show, or should an emergency arise, please proceed calmly to the nearest exit and await instructions from the staff. We thank you for joining us, and now, please sit back and enjoy The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. It's just past the new year. Things for Arcel have been quiet. Somber, even. And then one day in early January, Rowan, you notice a message in one of your dead drops. Meet me at the post office, R. Mitchum, and gives the address. Okay. What city is the address in? Sacramento. Oh, handy. Does it give a date or a time or just... It does. It gives a date of tomorrow and at 5.35 p.m. All right. I'll make a note of that and then tear the note into teeny tiny pieces and throw it away. The next day you arrive. You arrive a little early, as is normal for you. You don't see anyone there that's out of sorts or out of usual. There are some people milling about in the lobby. You check your watch and at 5.35 exactly, you hear a door click and then push open. And standing inside, holding the door open, is the fellow that you met that set things in motion in Idaho. Afternoon. Hello. Looks at his watch. Excellent. You're on time. Come on in. I've got a room all set up for us. All right. Thank you. I'll step in and follow him. Close the door behind us. You walk past some sorting machines and some people moving mail back and forth. And he moves to a conference room. Well, it's more of an office or an extended closet. It opens up and you see that there's a round table with plastic and metal chairs and a telephone on a small telephone stand in the corner. Might even be a break room, if you're lucky. He walks over to the phone, unplugs it from the wall, shakes it violently, puts it back down on the telephone stand, turns and looks at you. Uh, please have a seat, Agent Rowan. If you remember, my, uh, my name is Hill. I work for uh, Department of Homeland Security. I was about to ask what you were doing at a post office. I needed a secure location, and these have been working out well for me. Fair enough. Rowan will sit down, pull her little notebook out, pull out her pen, and then fold her hands on the table and look at him expectantly. He opens up a soft briefcase and pulls out a folder. And inside, you see there are a few other folders as well. This case is going to be a little bit different for Arcel. I don't think we've had a single typical case. Well, this is a missing persons case, or missing people case for that matter. Okay. The FBI has already looked into it. Local PD has also looked into it, and they've come up with nothing. Now, you're probably asking why would Arcel need to have to look into a missing persons case, multiple. Now, we have had a couple things pop up in our whisper channels that made us, uh, that brought attention to this. And um, since you are in this general area of Northern California, you're closest and ABC has recommended you for this mission. Now, it seems as though a group of seven people have gone missing in San Francisco. Now, it was toward 
the late August, so we're not expecting you to find them. But if you do, that would be a bonus. But it's more about some of the circumstances surrounding their disappearance. They were all involved in a production of a play called The King in Yellow. Really? Yes. Huh. Does that bring any bells for you? I had a chat with a Dr. Camille Harper some time ago uh, talking about that very play. Excellent. Then this won't be a surprise to you as he slides a folder that is marked Dr. Camille Harper. Ah, the good doctor. I'll slide it over and open it. Is it basically what I had on her before? Yes, it's your basic information. Um, it does not include your interview, though. Huh. wonder if Sam just didn't file it. I'm sorry? Nothing. Sorry. Thinking out loud. The play is being put on by a... Or was being put on by a Dutch director named Johan Wieck. He is also one of the missing. Also, the members of his cast had gone missing. They were set to do rehearsals in late August for a run for the uh, winter, uh, for a winter run in San Francisco. Um, looks like they were at the uh, A&E Theater. <laughs> Here, and he slides a folder to you. This, uh, this theater doesn't exist. Anymore, or it never did? I'm not entirely sure. Where it was located is now a bodega, and the hotel that was above it, or supposed to be above it, is an apartment home. Or an apartment building, excuse me. Interesting. A&E Theater. The Access and Egress Theater. <laughs> In and out. <laughs> oh, they should have called it Ingress and Egress then. That would have been more... Anyway. I don't know. But um, the Chambers Hotel, it was... Uh, apparently above it, but the only records that we have on that were some hotel licensing from the 70s. So apparently the Chambers Hotel used to be there in the 70s, but it's not not there now. All right. Those that are missing are the director, Johan Wieck, Richard Brenner, Anita Brenner, Simone Cartera, Royal Phillips, Jules Chantelier, and Olga Longoria. So, besides the fact that the theater and hotel don't exist or never existed or were there and aren't there anymore, what makes you think this is within the purview of the unnatural? Besides it being the king in yellow, which... Ugh. Yeah, we have, we have some items about the king in yellow that seem to follow along. Now... Hopefully this case has nothing to do with that. It's just a matter of people coming to the city and disappearing as happens, you know, and as tragic as that is, this could be a false alarm. But it is something that we want to look into. And I think that maybe maybe it would be, be, be good for you to find something that may not be as hyper-paced. Right. So I know I'm going to go back and review my recording with Dr. Harper. What, what do, it, hmm, would it be possible to obtain what is known about the King in Yellow? Because she talked about a play and the history of a play. Absolutely. Um, we've got a few, not copies, but we have a few uh, bits of information from various plays or various uh, incidents where this play has not gone off or has gone off. Uh, there's a, there was one time in the Philippines. There was a t uh, New York style play. There were some fellows in Hollywood trying to to create a series out of it that didn't pan out, from what I understand. Uh, that information might be available to you. Now, one thing that we do have though is we had a list of contacts for all of the missing. I think that maybe reaching out to them and interviewing them, maybe you could find out some more. Maybe the people didn't disappear and maybe they've come back. Or maybe we can gather a little bit more into it. I'm sure that they've been asked it, asked before, but we can always ask again, right? Wouldn't be the first time I've done follow-up interviews. Um, no, I mean specifically about the subject. Whatever is known about that. Well, what you, I think what we know, what you know, is probably more than what I know if you've talked to uh, this, uh, this Dr. Harper person. Uh, at length. I think the file was in the neighborhood of an hour and a half long. All right. That's quite a bit. 
Yeah, she had a lot to say, so I'll need to review that. Um, all right. So what is, what are the parameters? What are we looking for? Where are we looking to find them? Are we, what, what's the end goal here? Ultimately, we would like to see if there is an unnatural threat. That is priority one. Uh, priority two is to locate and bring them home safely or get as much information on, we, on, on them as we can. Priority three goes up to priority one. If there is an unnatural threat, make sure the threat is taken care of and protect as much human life as possible and extinguish the threat or neutralize it. Sounds pretty standard. I've got a nice packet of things for you, which I understand that you might be appreciative of. Uh, we've got we've got addresses, we've got phone numbers. Oh, bless you, Hill. I always want those things. Here we go. Uh, some of them are international, but uh, I think we've got most, well, you know what? No, I don't think we have most. I have a feeling you're going to ask for things that we can't get, but that's okay. That's why. That's how we learn, right? I always manage to do that somehow. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Agent Rowan, is, if you have any other questions, I can answer, I hopefully can answer them now. If not, I could request more information to be sent to you via the appropriate channels. Yes. Anything on any of, of these people, their backgrounds, their histories, anything about their involvement with this play? You know. All of the usual stuff, most of which I will probably find out through interviews. A lot of it you'll actually find in the notes. Oh, beautiful. We tried to gather as much information as we could. Um, we do have a few SMEs that are available. Uh, Dr. Harper is one, and then we've got a couple others as well. Um, I'm trying to track down two of them. One of them is has kind of gone off the, gone off the map. Uh, actually, both have gone off the map. All right. Well, I think Dr. Harper told me pretty much everything that she knew. So I'm going to review that recording. And if I need to reach out to her on a phone call or something, I'll do that. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, um, as per usual, if anything else comes up, you know where my Dropbox is. I, I do. Well, I hope that you have a good day and a happy new year. Happy new year. Stand up, shuffle all of the papers together and head for the door. He opens up the door and walks you to the locked door that said employees only, opens it up and shoes you out into the lobby as he closes it behind you. Okay. I would usually go home at about this time uh, because this would this would have been on my way home from the office, but instead I'm going to uh, go back to the office. Okay. Because I want to go poke Sam and uh, start setting him on some of this stuff. <laughs> When you have a magic FBI wand. <laughs> Make use of it, right? Exactly. But on my way back to the office, I will send a message to the group chat and say, we have a new mission. I'm still gathering intel. Keep your ears open. Thumbs up emoji. Happy New Year. Wine glass emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan actually does chuckle a little bit at that. She's kind of shaking her head. But she'll head uh, head to the office and lean into Sam's side of the office and be like, Hey, what you working on? No, I'm trying to figure out this uh, number thing. It's like a version of Sudoku, but not. Uh, okay. Not familiar. Yeah, it's... I'm trying to get a pass through uh, to the Bolivian government, um, and it's just proven to be a little bit of a headache. What's up? Uh, new triangle mission. <laughs> Joy? Yeah. Joy to the world, then Happy New Year, and whatever. <laughs> the king has come. Let Earth receive. Funny you say that. What? It's one of my favorite songs. Have you? Uh, I'll just I'll just be blunt. Why not? It's just the two of us. Have you ever heard of the King in Yellow? Isn't he like the original version? He seems to be like the original version of Slender Man. Probably. Uh, I don't know actually a whole lot about the person himself, but I've heard extensive amounts about a play. And now seven people have gone missing after trying to put that play on. Serves them right. I bet it was a musical. Fucking hate musicals. 
That's because you're a Philistine, my friend. And proud of it. <laughs> because you know what? Anybody could sing a musical. All you're doing is saying words in, an, in a proper cadence and tone. And yay, I'm now singing about very mundane shit. Yeah, you, you, you talk until the emotions are too much, and then you start to sing, and then you sing until the emotions are too much, and you dance. This is the transition. This is how this goes. He stares at you blankly and says, blink, blink, blink. I think you're just supposed to blink, not say blink, blink. <laughs> Do I look like somebody that enjoys musical theater? Not in the slightest. But regardless, these people have gone missing, and they think it's uh, unnatural. Oh. All right. Uh, if you want me to run some names, I can. Uh, that'd be fantastic, as uh, I was told from uh, an, an R. Mitchum. Oh, that's what he was doing? That's what he's been up to. Son of a bitch, why didn't you just come out and ask? Because some people like the intrigue or something. I don't know. I wish they would just come and, and like sit in the office and shoot the shit with us and actually, like, anyway... Anyway, uh, yeah, he gave me a list of names. He said that um, most that, you know, FBI and local have been working on it, but they're just up and gone. And apparently the theater that they were working in and the hotel above it are also have never been there. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? So and Rowan will go ahead and give him the, the list of names that she took down, as well as the name of uh, the A&E theater and the Chambers Hotel as well as the address, just to be like, here's everything that I know so far. Um, besides, you know, the notes that Mitchum gave me, I'm going to be making some phone calls and talking to people. This is much more, this feels much more like what I do when I'm collecting interviews. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's Eddie and Hyde. Yeah. There's a really good uh, jazz cafe down the, down the street. Well, it's a dinner club, so I got to dress up nice. Ooh. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. It's such a funny place, downtown San Francisco. You can walk through homeless encampments into a five-star restaurant. I kind of like that. It's it's interesting. But you know what? You walk up hills both ways. Too many goddamn hills in San Francisco. Somebody tells you it's only a mile away, and it is a mile away. Up fucking hill. That's why everyone who lives in the city is skinny. They're walking up all them damn hills. I thought it was the heroin. <laughs> You know, por que no las dos? <laughs> oh, you're hanging out with me way too much. Uh, you know, a couple years will do that. Has it been anyway. a couple years already? Have I not gone outside? You know, that sounds correct. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you go outside. We did go out for Vietnamese food once. No, I went and got it. Oh. Oh, wait, no. When we first met... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we first met. That doesn't count. Hang on, let me look. Holy shit. I've got 120 days of vacation time available. You gonna take it and go disappear to Bolivia or something? No, I'm not going to Bolivia. You don't want to know what's going on in Bolivia right now. I don't want to know what's going on in most of the world at this point. Exactly. Though Costa Rica doesn't seem too bad, but... Well, try not to disappear on me. Not when a new case is starting up. I might need you to, to help me dig things. All right, I'll wait until you're done, and then I'll put it some time off. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know you love me. Yeah, I do. All right, and I'm going to pick up my file and go into my office and sit down to start doing some reading to learn more about what is known about these people. You're going to get a message saying, So are we meeting? I will message back and say, I'm still gathering information. This is a strange one because it's very open-ended. And then I'll follow up with, with, with another message. Actually, you know what? Y'all are as good at reading through files as I am. Why don't we meet up in a couple of days whenever, whenever y'all are available and we can look through this and see what can be gleaned from the notes. Any research or prep we can do? I will send them the list of names, the name of the A&E Theater, the Chambers Hotel, and then also say, and if you know anything about the King in Yellow. So Dan, do I know anything about the King in Yellow? Ask the person with the highest unnatural score. Dear God, your unnatural's too un- your unnatural's unnatural. Go ahead and give me an unnatural, Seth. 
Okay. First, first roll. roll. First roll. Woo. 99. 65 out of 24. Better than a 66. Yep. Because 66 would be like, yes, you have a book in your library. <laughs> oh, no. No, River, you do not know anything about the King in Yellow. It just... No. No. You've heard of a lot of other weird shit, but not that. I will go ahead and set a, a meeting with the group for two days. Have it as a lunch meeting. And then add... Sorry, River, I think you're going to have to come out this direction. Oh. Damn, I, I'm, I'm the only one who's not in Sacramento now, right? Yep. Oh, well. As long as it's not a uh, Friday afternoon, it shouldn't be that bad. Two days from now is Saturday. Perfect. Where is the meeting going to be held? Everyone's been to my house at this point, so I'll go ahead and be like, come over to mine for lunch at mine. Saturday rolls around and RSL gathers at the Rainbow House. River, you arrive first. Hey! Uh, how, how's, how were the holidays? Um, as good as they could be, I think. You know, family stuff is family stuff. It was good to see everyone. Um, yeah, you know, how about you? Oh, it was... It was normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that really messed with me, because, like, everything was so normal. So, so, so I, I... I tried to do some research. Uh, um... That was Chambers Hotel, you said? Yeah, that was apparently the name of the hotel that was above it. It's now a, an apartment building or something. I, I, I got hits on that, like, that they're all... Like Chicago, New York, um, an A&E theater it doesn't exist as far as I can tell. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they. Well, I'll I'll go through the rest of it when Ross and Reagan get here, but it's it's odd. Serendipitously, Ross and Reagan show up. Are they arriving in the same vehicle still? I don't see why not. Yeah, I would th I would say yes. Ross and Reagan pull up in Ross's brand new Toyota Prius. And park next to Rowan's brand new Subaru Outback. Did we get a, a end of year bonus that I wasn't aware of? Or is this the brand, same brand new one from a year ago when it, my previous one got eaten? No, this is a new one. You actually traded it in because you got a great deal on the last one. Perfect. Uh, yeah, Russell, get out. Head over, and they'll knock on the door. And Rome will open it. Hey, welcome. Come in. Thanks. There's coffee on. I don't actually. I don't actually know what your guys' drink order is. The one. The one thing that we've really done together. We didn't like hit up a, a coffee shop or anything. Uh, I guess that's true. Um, I don't know. Black's fine. Okay. Reagan, what about you? Uh, yeah, two sugars. No, nothing too fancy. Simple and easy. I love it. All right, come in. Sit down. The files are on the table. Everything that I know, uh, the majority of what I know is in those files. And the files are stacked half-hazardly, but yet still kind of neatly on the coffee table. This feels like when you get your friends together and you play one of those murder mystery things where you get all the case information and then you try to solve it, but... Ah, uh, yes. Less fun. Yeah, this doesn't have the, like, novelty props. Exactly. I, if I'd known, I would have made up some, like, coded envelopes or something. I'd love a good cipher. Oh. Wait, I hope you haven't, like, tried opening the puzzle box in the storage unit. Uh, well, we did have to do a little bit of inventory, given, you know, stuff. But we're fine. We're here. We're good. Yeah. I confess I really want to try that sometime, but not alone. Oh, no. Definitely not alone. Do not recommend it. Yeah, preferably have someone who knows how to use a gun there. I mean, you're okay, you're okay with a gun, but you're better at puzzles than I am. Yeah, well, we're a little short in that area. I mean, you're better than I am, but... Yep. Anyway... 
Yep. So, uh, so yeah. disappearing people and buildings. Um, you know what this reminds me of, of course. What's that? Library stuff, Javier. Sure. Have you told Ross and Reagan much about Javier? Um, not if we haven't been hanging out together. So probably not. Probably not very much. Yeah, if, if we're not super local with each other, then it's probably not. Yeah. For the new people, River, why don't you explain about Javier and all of that? Yeah, I will give the uh, summary, which we will skip here because it's all recapping, and and you can go back and review the recordings if you want to. <laughs> Could have been an email. Uh, yeah, I'll just grab one of the files and start flipping through it. I'll go and make coffee for everyone and put the nice big mugs next to everyone who's drinking it and then settle in with my own file. Ross, you pull the file on one of the missing people, Jules Chantelier. Jules Chantelier was a priority pick by the director for the role of the wise man. Made money primarily as a makeup artist in theater as well as some parts in film both southern and northern california their family had moved when they were young from louisiana to california they were just starting with a acting career and appeared in a few plays jules's mother as well as his mother's sisters resided in san jose where they are today Jules grew up with his sister in a single mother household, but had many aunties also take care of him. We have the information for Tina Chantelier, which is his sister, Alex, which is their partner, Sharon Barker, Jules's agent, and then Mark Haas, who is a former roommate or current roommate. It's uncertain at this time. Uh, so I imagine these people were all interviewed at the time when they were presumed missing. And I guess we'll kind of ask out loud to Rowan, are we going to have to talk to these people, do you think? It seems likely, mostly because anyone who would have done the interviewing for them would have been looking at it from the perspective of, you know, did they have any enemies? Did anyone wish them harm? Is there any reason that they might have done a runner? and wouldn't be looking at it from the potential unnatural side. So we may be able to get some more information about uh, their work on the play or anything else that they might have been connected to that might have led them to be part of the disappearance. Gotcha. Uh, I should also mention, and I will provide this file for everyone, I did a lengthy interview with a Dr. Camille Harper who knows a great deal about the play, The King in Yellow. And this play is uh, an unnatural play or so, uh, something like that? Well, I it don't... sounds like they, and they've never successfully had a production of it. Yeah. Or anytime that it gets close, something really bad happens. Uh, just as a, a brief thing that Dr. Harper told me about, a couple people that she knew who were involved with it wound up dead and covered in yellow paint. Could this be one of those uh, theater superstitions like the Scottish play? I actually, I actually made a comment about that at the beginning and got my nose bapped. So teach me for, for making light. Whether or not it's a superstition, these were people that she knew who directly died because of it. I think that, to borrow from a different play that I particularly like, there are more things in heaven and earth. It's entirely possible that things that are discarded as superstitions are actually true. I mean, it's perfectly reasonable to, to assume that while there might have been a series of mishaps originally, that doesn't necessarily mean it was unfounded. Right. So... You know, we'll need to talk to these people and see what else we can find out. Maybe we'll... I, I think the hard thing about this one is that there isn't a good thread to pull on besides your loved one is missing. Presumably they would all be aware, though? No, 
Yes, no, they would they would okay. know that. Um, of God, hopefully. <laughs> if if not, then uh, the local PD and the FBI have done a terrible job. Well. well. <laughs> 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 look, 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 I understand the ACAB sentiment, but <laughs> they're at least usually pretty reasonable at that part. You know that technically I am a cop. You know that I am just am a cop. There's no technicality about yeah. that. Deeply respect you both. We know you're both good. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> we've seen stuff go uh, disregarded plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Not as often as the cops have. <laughs> yeah. Remember to tell you someday about, about my early days as a cop, because, oh boy, idealism gets knocked out of you real fast. Do we have anything on the circumstances of the disappearance itself? I mean, did they just not show up someday? Yeah, like, when was it reported, or... So according to the file that you have there, it was the last week of last August. They all received pay in advance and were requested to appear on site at that address. You actually have a letter to Olga, uh, an email that's been printed out that shows that address, shows the name of the theater, as well as the, the Chambers Hotel. And it says that there will be a week of intensive rehearsals. Oh, so they were just starting to work on this. Yes. They were planning to, to do a winter run, so in August, beginning in August wouldn't be too unreasonable. How long after the their arrival... Did someone first report someone is missing? The 2nd of September. The first person to make mention was Shelly Erasmus, which is Royal's roommate and a theater tech. It seems as though they were shortlisted as a theater tech for the play and not heard back from her roommate, who was Royal, the actress from the play. And there were no phone messages or anything from them in the period between those. Correct. There was a phone message that Shelley had received from Royal. It came from Royal's phone number, but it was garbled, and it was from before the end of August. Any other folders? Um, I picked up one just at random, and... I'll pick up Anita's folder. River, you grabbed Simone's folder. Her name is Simone Cartera. The first thing that comes up is her IMDB page. She has about 20 credits to her name. It seems as though that she started off as doing extra work and bit work until she moved up to co-starring roles. They are all horror films, and they all seem to be uh, very low budget, but some of them have received some acclaim as well. It looks as though that she has had some stage experience, but nothing that would be extensive. You also find that she is was very popular on the horror convention circuit as an up-and-coming scream queen. Wait a second, did you say these were people were all invited? They didn't audition for the play? Correct. The only other contact was Sharon, the same agent as Jules. Interesting coincidence. That's a neat little point of connection. I wonder how many other people aren't connected by this agent. When you open up Anita's folder, her folder seems to have the most information within it, or, or some of the most. She actually has a pretty extensive list as a playwright. She has a few screenplays that have been optioned by Hollywood, yet none have been greenlit to production. Some are in pre-production. So... Uh, she's done well financially. She has a few television and movie acting credits. She has been part of the California theater scene for a very long time. She has never held a lead position, though in this case, she was. This is going to be her first casting as lead. You see that she was married to Richard Brenner, also one of the people that is missing. You find a few domestic disturbances, charges on her sheet, some noise offenses. Apparently, 
She was sued when they destroyed a very fine hotel room and then an Airbnb in an amorous affair. Charges were dropped uh, or they were settled. A couple other things that you have found is that she has a few arrests for possessions of cocaine. Huh. Does she have any connection to uh, this agent, to Sharon Barker? No, her agent that's listed is a Jorge Gonzalez, but you do notice that they share the same telephone number. Hmm. So an agency or a team. Okay. And the director is also missing. Yes. Is there a producer? Apparently he was both director and producer. Hands-on, 100%. You find, you grab his file and his folder, and he is an avant-garde director. He is known for his unique takes on some plays. There are often times when he demanded that the plays, as well as uh, small films and short films that he's done, well, his demands have many times been listed as being great, and his work is noted. He's not necessarily the easiest director to work for, as he is so demanding. He owns an apartment outside Ocean Beach uh, in Outer Sunset. The contacts that he has listed, no one was able to get in contact with. Interesting. But there are contacts listed in there? Yes, there are three contacts listed for him. The first one is Morum Bath. And Morem is spelled M-H-O-R-E-M. The second one is listed as Legendary Foster. And the third is listed as Captain Jack. Reagan, after having heard that everyone was invited and cast as opposed to auditioning, would immediately have ignored the files and gone to check everyone's socials. So you pull up the, the social media accounts for those that have them. Anita and Richard are, they're very present as they're actors looking for jobs. And so a lot of it is your standard kind of saccharine, sugar-coated material. You're not getting a whole lot into their personalities. Occasionally you catch a few pictures of them together as they are divorced. And the pictures of them in the same picture that they're looking at each other, like those candidates, they are not shooting each other happy looks, either direction. Simone, her social media is on lockdown. All you could really see is, you know, friends only posts, and she's not opened it up to much, though it does have a uh, click to link for, for bookings. Royals is wide open, and it is entirely filled with memes, as well as a whole lot of voiceover acting material. Some of it is joke voice actor material. Some of it is like parody. Like some are like lip reading exercises and you think it might be Royal doing some of the voice acting there. One picture does stand out for you is at a local horror con in Los Angeles. There's a picture of Royal standing next to a very nonplussed Simone kind of looking off in the distance but Royal is has looking at her with hearts in her eyes. And literally, there's hearts in her eyes because they're drawn on. Is Simone tagged? And does that post have any sort of language attached to it? Simone is tagged, but it doesn't link to any accounts. And the, oh my God, WTF, BBQ, Rafflecopter, I'm with her. She is her. Okay, so no clear indicator if they are joking around friends or if they just ran into each other at a con and Royal was, like, fangirling. It seems as though that Royal is fangirling. Well, uh, yeah. Let, let's call it uh, fan-thaying as... Fair enough. Even though that they're AFAB, um, it says gender. Yes, I will take two. Yes, uh, fangirl non-gendered. <laughs> that is fair. You find jewels... Jules's social media looks to be a shrine to Billy Porter. They have a ton of pictures of them with their family, 
a bunch of painted uh, clacker fans that they sold at Fremont Street at last Fremont days, and a few pictures of them being on stage, quite a bit, uh, a few makeup tutorials on doing some stage makeup and uh, just simply being sassy and fabulous. Olga's social media is very much family and friend oriented. There is some stuff that's hidden behind private and friend tags, but the stuff that's out there, it seems as though that she was well-liked. There's a lot of pictures of her and other cast members together, cast parties, strike parties, those, those type of things that are, are listed as being public. It looks as though that Olga and uh, Anita and Richard have a few pictures together from some, some other productions but you don't find a whole lot of other ties. They've got a lot of uh, mutual friends. Their mutuals are other folks within the entertainment industry, within the theater industry, because those circles can often be very small, even though they can be very large. And Johan does not have social media. Unsurprised. Is there anything else that you wanted to dive through? Since Johan doesn't specifically have social media, does he have a, a personal website? or anything like that, because he's got to have an IMDb and maybe a wiki. He does, but his personal website links to a Chinese Viagra website sales site. Hmm. feel like he might have let that uh, license run out. You do a little bit of searching like through the Wayback Machine and you find a GeoCities page that linked to an Age of Fire page that linked to an AOL account. Good. When you pulled up the Angel Cities page, uh, the thing that comes on on your phone, there's a loud, like, raucous music thing. You're not entirely sure, but all you see are images of Canadian pro uh, progressive rock bands. Not sure how much that tells you, other than it might tell you a bit more about Johan. Truly, this is pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting, like, a a Norwegian rap band or something like that, but this also makes sense. <laughs> what else, folks? Uh, I think we still haven't dived into Olga's Royals or Richard's file. Which one do you want to check out first? I will grab Richard's. Richard's file has a pretty extensive uh, theater experience list. He's been off-Broadway, had a run on Broadway, he was under makeup at the Winter Garden Theater, dressed as a feline for a time in a non-speaking role. He even performed in the West End, done a lot of workshops, a lot of Shakespeare on the Green, and he always got to supporting. That was as high as he could get. He could never get a lead acting role. Seems to be a common theme. He's been acting for about 17 years now, and then during a black box project in San Francisco, he met up with Anita Sepulveda, and you see a couple pictures that have been snipped out from a bunch of, you know, rags and paparazzi type things of them being very, um, very amorous and, uh, and in public about it too. You're not sure how they avoided public indecency charges at times, especially with what the, uh, paparazzi was able to, to catch for them. They had divorced about two years prior, and you see that there are a bunch of reviews heaping praise upon praise about Richard, and then the very next paragraph ignores him and talks about the leading man with even greater praise. Like, this guy plays the best best friend ever. Is it noted in the file, like it was for Jules, what role Richard was cast in for this? Yes. Richard was cast as The Stranger, Anita was cast as Camilla, Simone was cast as Casilda, Royal was cast as Uat the Younger, Jules was cast as The Wise Man, and the name also is listed as uh, Neotalba, and Olga was cast as Uat the Elder. Richard's contacts that are listed is Solomon Rose, another actor, Brooklyn Gomez, another actor, and Leonidas Georgiou, who resides in Ben Lomond. And who grabbed Royal's file? 
We haven't yet. Reagan can grab it after she's done trolling. Royal's file is interesting because Royal looks as though that they are, they have a very large following on Twitch and other streaming sites. It looks as though that they had a few voiceover credits dubbing some lesser known anime series that have come across. They have a f quite a few audiobooks listed as their their range of things. Nothing that would ping of being unnatural. There are some horror novels that are in there. It looks as though that you found that Royal also has a uh, pseudonym as well and reads some spicy reverse harem monster books as well. And you see that there's over 120 credits of those. <laughs> Bless. Were there contacts for Royal? Yes. The contacts that were listed for Royal was Shelley Rasmus, who, again, that was the roommate that called in the missing persons. Uh, Marina Hurley, who is a vocal coach. Marina is based out of Portland. And there's someone listed as being Piper Pearl. And you don't have any other contact number. There's no contact phone number for Piper Pearl. Reagan. Reaganing. You, <laughs> you look up Piper Pearl, and Piper Pearl so has a social media account. They have an IG, and it looks like it's a dog. What kind of dog? A Westie. <gasps> I love a Westie. And a Westie that's wearing a hat. <gasps> Many different kinds of hats. Now I've got to ask where they got these contacts from. Were these, like emergency contacts as reported by the actors on their like paperwork it appears so there is also a venmo account as well as a square and a uh, paypal account for piper and a patreon one hell of a social media mogul this pupper is that account still active yes pictures were posted yesterday and the other socials, no activity in a minute? Um, the socials for the missing people? Yes. Yes, nobody, nobody's posted or, or had any content uh, since beforehand. Reagan's going to quickly scroll back through those posts and check for days and times when uh, things were posted on Piper Pearl's account because she it could be in a, a queue that is auto-populating. You do notice that they post at noon and 5 p.m. daily. Sometimes, though, there have been a couple posts in between that do not appear, and those don't seem to be photographs to the IG, but they are comments onto the IG, and some of those are at random times. And the comments are, thank you so, so much, and I love that, too. And no, you cannot have this hat. It is my hat. Rar. <laughs> okay, so uh, does this does this most recent post have any uh, replies from the account? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. The reply the reply is yes. My tongue is always sticking out. I was born like that. Nothing is wrong with me. I'm okay. I just have an excessively long tongue. Aren't you jealous? Hashtag Gene Simmons. <laughs> Thirteen out of ten. Well, it seems like the only way we're going to be able to get a hold of whoever is behind this account is to message it directly. So we'll make a note to do that. You also find a napkin with the Chambers Hotel logo on it, as well as a receipt. And the receipt is from August. And a screenshot from someone's PayPal account showing a payment made to the Chambers Hotel for room service. And whose file was this in? It was just collected in the Chambers Hotel box, and the screenshot has the name cut off. But it does have Chewy.com also listed as a receipt. All right, let me grab Olga. Olga has a very long list of credits to her name. Oftentimes, she's done extra work, background work, chorus work, dance troupe work. She's listed as a chorister in a few different vocal groups throughout California. She's got a pretty long, long resume. 
Nothing stands out. It seems, though, that she is the veteran consummate performer that's a triple threat that can do it all. She just never had the spotlight. Her brother, Henry Longoria, is listed as a contact, Sylvia Cortez, and their partner's name is Ashland. There's no last name given. There's actually a period after the D. Well, we can track down all the people that are reachable. I'm These actors, though, doesn't seem like they knew anything about what they were getting into. It was only the director who had some idea. But Reagan, can you got the social media skills. Can you find out anything about the, the director's contacts? Because those, uh, I'm guessing those are stage names or something. Maybe the traditional cops were not imaginative enough to track them down. Because the director maybe knew something more. That is true. Um, I will go ahead and see if I can find anybody else, because this Johan guy like just does not appear on the internet. Not, not that he's put anything on the internet. Correct. Go ahead and... Let's see here. Do you have computer science? Ain't that a question? I have... I have computer science. Boy, howdy, do I. What is your computer science role? 60. Go ahead and give me a computer science role, please. Okay. Uh, that, <laughs> I just read all the numbers backwards. It's a 65, unfortunately. So... You do find some information about Johan with some digging. A lot of it in a lot of actors, forums, reddits, and a few places that are not readily available to folks. People bitch out Johan. They don't like working for him, but they love seeing the product that comes out at the end. Apparently he is very mercurial and at times he is super strict and at other times he's extremely loving and allows for improv. And when the improv makes it, it's usually gold. This is what you're what you're getting. You do get a picture of Johan and three other men standing on a beach on the dunes with the ocean behind them. It looks like it was taken with a antique camera that's got a sepia filter on it. It doesn't have a date, but all three are standing there uh, with their arms around each other. The picture is grainy. It's not clear, out of focus at times, but that's that's what you got. And that's one of the only pictures that you have of Johan, other than his, his headshot, which is in black and white, and he's wearing a wide-brimmed hat. What site is that picture? Um, it's actually on a forum about asshole directors and who to avoid, kind of like RateMyProfessor.com, but it's RateMyDirector.com. Okay, and who posted it? User 852815. I would love to see if there's any police reports to kind of flip through those. Yes, you pull the police report. The police went to the location. They did not find the theater, as it was listed as being on the first floor, nor did they find the Chambers Hotel, which was supposed to be on the second through sixth floor. The local uh, SFPD encountered some resistance from the people living in the apartment building above. They did not request a warrant, and people refused to talk to the police there. And the police did not pursue much more other... They did go to each of the uh, missings... Uh, local locations they provided for those folks that lived outside of town follow up for local pds to go to the homes and it was determined that they had not been home and uh, with uh, wellness checks and warrants eventually they got into people's homes that did not have people living with them um, or were not allowed and it was determined that they were missing they've been missing all of them are currently listed as missing persons active cases that are opened they are not closed, but there are no police officers currently assigned to their cases at this time. They are in a bucket. Is there notes about who was investigating? General notes, yes. Okay. 
So I guess the pattern that I'm seeing here is a bunch of people who have worked really hard at their craft and were waiting for that big break, which would make them more susceptible to someone saying, choosing them specifically, sending a letter to them to say, come be a part of this play. Yeah, but that's not really unnatural. No, but it does. It's interesting to me because that that's that's a profiling kind of thing, right? You're yeah, looking easy at mar- easy marks for mm-hmm. recruitment. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, you know, if if these people are missing and the director has moved on to somewhere else to find other people to pull into this. The director's also listed as missing, right? Yes, but you can change a name and disappear. Oh, that's true. Does the director have the sort of reputation where he could potentially attract a big, bigger name? Yes. Um, he has a bit of a reputation. He's had critical acclaim, but no critical success. His stuff is generally too weird for the average theater as well as maybe film goer. But the stuff that he does is is praised. Um, so, yeah, if he found somebody that was very much into into the art, he could probably get them to sign on. So this wasn't him digging at the bottom of the barrel for people who were desperate enough. This was, these were chosen. Yeah, a higher profile might not be advantageous. It's easier to make lower rung people disappear. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to follow one more lead. It uh, might be fruitful. I'm going to get out my phone and try to find a script for the King in Yellow. I very strongly advise against that. I really very strongly advise against that from everything that Camilla Harper told me. So when you hit the enter button, your phone spins a bit and then you get a white flash and your phone is non-responsive. Oh, it is one of those. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 7 is an adaptation written by me, Dan Voshkevich, based on the Fragments of the King chapters written by John Wick, Toby Abad, Fabian Badia, Ben Warner, and Rob Justice. Our intros this season were written by Alondra Heilman and performed by Grant Corvin. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episode, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Danny, Tom Padula, Kit Thompson, Lady Bedeville, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Bomb Clancy, Matthew Mayworm, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Devils, Robbie Nowell, J. Matthews 85, Flynn Gallagher, Phoenix Team Handler Dennis, Knitting Daddy Greg, Multicam Yeti, Scott Miller, Rogue, Jacqueline Parrish, and Monsieur Quack. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Renhansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos' YouTube channel a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis and have a bunch of content archived on their YouTube channel. Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland, A-L-L-E-N. You can find him at alanstrickland.net for his classical compositions. Join us next week in The Sins of the Father, Retribution Comes Due, 
Beryl's spall dwindle to anxious supply and we face a threat with such a human goal we cannot succumb lest it gluttonizes us from within and without.